Welcome to The Wayfinder Show with Adam Lacey and Luis Hernandez, where guests discuss the why and how of making changes in their life that led them down a greater, more authentic path or allowed them to level up in some area of their life. Our goal is to dig deep and provide not only knowledge, but actionable advice to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Come join us and find the way to your dream life. All right, welcome to the Wayfinder Show with Adam and Louie. Today we got a really special show. We are going to be interviewing my podcast co-host and friend and partner, uh, Adam Lacey. Adam and I had talked about, uh, we wanted to get, we thought it would be appropriate for everybody to get to know us a little bit better and why we're doing this. So uh, we're having a series on, on that. And so here's your chance to get to know Adam a little bit better. Adam is a husband, a father, an engineer, an entrepreneur, a real estate syndicator, soon-to-be small business owner, and just an all-around good guy. I'm really excited for all of you to get to know him a little bit better. So welcome, Adam. Hell yeah. Thanks, Louie. Yeah, let's have some fun. All right. So Adam, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where, where'd you grow up? You know, where are you from? Sure. Yeah, I grew up in Metro Detroit. Kind of a standard middle class upbringing. I uh, grew up in the suburbs of Detroit. Um, always did pretty well in school. Had parents that were they were really adamant about making sure I got good grades and and doing the quote unquote right thing. So got good grades. Played a ton of sports growing up. In fact, that's mostly all I did. You know, I mean, a lot of my friends were playing video games and things like that, and I'd get bored with that. So I. Peace out and go just shoot hoops. That's just what I did. I played sports. So grew up, ended up going to college. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. I think that was part of it. I kind of knew in the back of my head that I always wanted to be a business owner, but I didn't really know how to go about doing that. I didn't know a lot of business owners. So I kind of did, started down more of a traditional path in a way with a few hurdles. I went to college. Originally, I was going to be a psychology major because I like helping people. And I thought that would be fun to be a psychologist. Took a couple classes. was like, eh, I don't know if that's right for me. So I stopped going to classes. I ended up moving back home. Started landscaping for a little while, you know, and, and actually kind of loved it. You know, I was in my, at that time, I was in my early 20s and I was running around outside in the summer it's kind of like a workout slash a way to make decent money. And, but at the same time, I wasn't making a ton of money, right? And I knew that wasn't really the career path I wanted was to cut lawns for somebody else. So I got to a point, and of course, at that time, I thought I was getting old, right? And I was 24, but I, but I figured it was it was late, later than a lot of my friends in life who were going to college and starting their own careers, and I was still trying to figure stuff out. So I got to this point where I was like, all right, I'm either going to go back to college and get some kind of degree. And in that, let's call it that bucket of trying to figure out if I went that route, what would it be? I kind of landed on civil or environmental engineering for a few reasons. Uh, for one, the stability, it's maybe it was just kind of ingrained in me that, you know, engineering, lawyer, doctor, those were kind of like good careers to go into. So that's one of the things. Or the other option would be, as I mentioned, I was, I was, helping manage this landscaping 
company, this lawn maintenance company, mostly for a semi-absentee owner that was spending most of his time in California. And I was running a lot of the day-to-day operations in Detroit area. And I thought, well, maybe I buy this business from this guy, or maybe I just start my own, whatever that looks like, but maybe I just do that. And so I was in this fork at this fork in the road and I went back and forth for a while on what to do and ended up deciding to go ahead and get the engineering degree. Uh, And I told myself that I could always fall back on business or I could always go that route. But if I, if I was ever going to get a degree, now would be the time to do it. Now would be the time where I could afford to do it and, and still pivot if I wanted to. Um, which looking back on it, I don't know that that was the right decision, but it was fine. So I got my civil engineering degree, graduated at that time. I was about 27 when I graduated and it was 2010. So we were just kind of coming out of recession. Uh, I was in Detroit, Michigan. Recession hit us pretty hard with the automotive industry. So I was looking for a job in a specific niche in the water resources engineering world. And I was just applying everywhere in the country. I I knew kind of in the back of my mind, I wanted to get out of Detroit just to experience something else and ended up landing a job in in Denver, Colorado. Uh, My then fiance, now wife at the time, Katie and I moved out to Denver, um, started my career, kind of hated it (laughs) ever since day one. Again, I always knew I, I didn't really want to do it. But I was doing it and I was like, all right, well, I'll give it a couple of years. If I still hate it, uh, I'll figure something else out, but maybe I'll like it. And then a couple of years go by and I, you know, I fall in the rabbit hole of, well, you know, I don't like being this technical hydraulic modeling engineer, but maybe once I get into management, I'm just managing people, managing projects, maybe I'll enjoy that more. So I just kind of kept kicking the can down the road. But yeah, never liked it, you know, and and, but just never, for some reason, decided to really take action to explore like, okay, well, what else do I want to do? You know, there was always the, well, I could be a real estate agent. I've liked real estate. Um, I could do this. I could do that. I could start a business. I could start a franchise. And, and I started thinking about those things, but never really got deep enough to take action on it. And then meanwhile, so I moved out to Denver in 2011. We ended up buying our first house in 2013, I believe it was. And and I, at that time, kind of wanted to move on and get out of Denver. My, my, my wife really wanted to stay. And so we kind of went back and forth on that. And, and so she really wanted to kind of buy a house and set roots. And I was like, well, fine. Um, but if we're going to do this, let's let's make this make sense financially too, right? So let's buy kind of a fixer-upper. And it wasn't a dilapidated board-up house or anything, but it was it was kind of ugly, um, outdated. It needed some lipstick. So we moved in, spent a couple of years fixing it up, ended up selling it, moving on another one, doing the same thing, did that a couple of times. So I kind of dabbled in the real estate world, but just mostly almost by mistake and riding the the boom in, in Denver more than me actually doing anything fantastic. Um, but for some reason at the time, never thought, Hey, real estate, maybe that could be an actual career. You know, I never went that route. I just kind of stayed in the engineering world. Well, then fast forward, we had our first child in September of 2014. Great. Nolan, it was awesome. He's my life. 
And then fast forward to he's two years old and it's November of 2016 and he's having all these problems and he's having like he, he's obviously in pain, but he's too young to really communicate it. So it, it took a while for us to figure out what was wrong. And finally, he started getting these um, urinary tract infections, which not only is rare for a kid, but especially for a boy. And uh, so his pediatrician was like, you know, what? why don't we get an ultrasound just to see what's going on in there. And, and sure enough, we found a, a, about a golf ball size tumor in his bladder. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, you can imagine, or maybe you can't, but pretty big blow to the face, right? Just knock you on your ass. But really there, one of the good things is there wasn't a lot of time to think it was, you know, we went in, uh, it was, I think it was a Thursday maybe, but it was November 16th at night. We got the news that night. We were had about another hour or two to kind of grab some food. And then the ambulance was there to kind of transport us from the facility we were at to a hospital downtown Denver. Started chemo the next day. I mean, it was just boom, all in. Like, this is what my life is going to be. And we're just figuring out on the fly, which was in a way it was good because it was there what didn't give us a ton of time to just sit idle and think about it. At that point, uh, there was plenty of time for that later on. But that that first week was just just a whirlwind. And that, you know, and, and to fast forward, he's he's OK now. He's been in remission for five years. Coincidentally, my wife at that time was about four months pregnant with our second child, Clay, and who's now about to turn six in a month or so. So they're both doing great. But that um, that whole year, you know, that consisted of about six weeks of radiation every business day. So 30, 30 rounds of radiation for him. And then I think 43 weeks of chemotherapy. You know, it was obviously tough. Hard to get through um, a lot of dark days. But but in general, I mean, as far as his outlook, I think my wife and I were able to stay pretty positive, like there was never a doubt in my mind that he was going to be okay. Um, I mean, other than a few little minor moments here and there, but overall we, we stay positive that he was going to be fine, but it was still, it was tough, you know, watching him go through that and figuring out how it works and, you know, having to still go to work because I had to make money and just like hearing people complain about their problems and in, in the engineering firm I worked at, like, who gives a shit? You know, my kid's got cancer. I don't give a shit. You know, whatever stupid thing you're talking about, you know, as I, I'd get, I'd get negative. Um, and, and it was unfair to think that way, of course, but you know, it's just, it, it's really, it's really easy to just bl- brush off things that are less important than the biggest thing that's happening in your life at the moment, which consumed us. So it was tough and it sucked. I wouldn't wish it upon anybody, but I also, for me, that was a big, it was a huge transitionary point for me. You know, like, like I said, it, it was kind of, you just go into survival you're in a shell, you're just doing whatever we can to make sure Nolan is in the best place to succeed. Right. And, and even coming out of that, you know, September 11th, 2017 was his last round of chemo. Great. You know, from there on out, it just consists of, you know, getting tests and stuff every four months, every something like that to make sure he's okay. But it's still, it's, it's one of those things where you just get knocked on your ass so hard, it's hard to wake up from. So I'd say after that, you know, the point, it'd probably take three to six months to really just get my mind back in order and start thinking. But then once that happened, it was, it was really about 
me reevaluating my life and realizing like, hey, you've hated being an engineer since day one. You know, you don't want to do this. Life is short. You just had a, it's cliche, but you just had a very glaring punch to the face to remind yourself that life's fucking short, man. Like, let's do something fun and exciting and let's create a great life. And so that kind of sent me on the journey of entrepreneurship, personal development, um, all this stuff, which is, has been great, you know, for the last five years. Um, so it was, it's, you know, one of those things that stucked, but all in all, I mean, there's a lot of positives that I took from it. Yeah. I would think, uh, any, any parent, you know, uh, obviously a parent too. And when our kids are really little and they're born, any little complication, it's scary as can be. Um, I can't imagine, you know, especially with the firstborn having, you know, to see them go through chemo, like that's, wow. I mean, that, that's really, uh, you know, at that point it helps you probably also recognize that, you know, you're, you're not thinking about yourself. You're just probably worried every single day for where they're going to be at. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, there was no time to worry too much about other stuff. It was just putting him in the best position we could. Yeah. We were fortunate enough to have, you know, even though we moved across the country, we we had built a, a good friend base up pretty quick who was helpful. Mm-hmm. And one of our friends actually came on to to be a nanny for us, Dion. She she was wonderful and uh helped us get him to a lot of the appointments we couldn't really get him to because again, my wife was pregnant, so she had her own appointments we had to worry about. Um, so a lot of it fell on me and rightfully so but I still had to work. We both had to work. So we had to, which was another whole mental anguish in itself was leaning on the nanny who was our friend, fortunately, but still having to lean on somebody else to get your kids to appointments and things like that during that was, it's really hard not to be able to fully be there for them. And I think part of that is, is what kind of sets your mind down the road of like, Hey, like, man, I, I mean, I don't care how much I can make in, in this career. If I'm still working for somebody else, like I'm still trading time for money. Like what if this comes up again? Like I'm still going to have to. And what if it was more serious next time? Not that it wasn't serious, but like I said, we, we always had a pretty positive prognosis with Nolan. I mean, what if it can't happen again and it wasn't that case, you know, I mean, am I still going to have to go to work every day and just work for somebody else and let them dictate my schedule? Like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the way I want to live. Well, first of all, I'm really happy that you got through all of that and that Nolan is great. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Now, right. Just doing what normal boys do now. Right. Oh yeah. Giving us a hard time, you know, (laughs) just actually had his last basketball game of the season yesterday. I got to coach his basketball team this year. Uh, I actually got to coach both my kids basketball teams this year, which is fun. And yeah, so he's giving us a hard time as ever. So things are good. Good. I'm glad you guys got through that. I can't even imagine what it was like. But I, I'm also curious about, you keep going back to this point with your job about, uh, and, and wanting to be an entrepreneur. But it doesn't sound like, it sounds to me like the recurring theme is you really just don't want to work for anybody else. <laughs> is yeah. It, is That's it that fair. Engineering? Is it that you really you know, just don't like a job or is it that you don't like working for somebody else? Like what, what is, 
what is it behind that? I've always had kind of a um, opposition to authority for whatever reason growing up. Call it ego. And a lot of it was ignorance, especially when I was younger, just like, I don't know, maybe thinking I could do it. I, I knew better than somebody else or or just, I don't know, overall, just being frustrated when people told me what to do. I've always been a very introspective and thoughtful person. So when I do anything, even when I was younger, to some extent, I put a lot of thought into it. So when I would put a lot of thought into something and decide that, no, this is probably the best thing to do. And somebody else would come in and tell me it wasn't be like, yeah, screw you. Who do, who do you, who are you? Like, I'm going to do me. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I think a lot of that attitude kind of makes it difficult for me to be able to listen to authority unless they're truly badasses that I respect and have done a lot of things that I respect and I can lean on them for certain things in their area of expertise. I'm all about that. But yeah, just to have a job or somebody's going to tell me what to do and they may or may not even be good at it, what it is they're telling me what to do. I, I've always had an issue with that. So it probably is more not wanting a job than anything or not wanting to have a boss than anything and wanting to just kind of live my own life, I guess. Yeah. So now you're looking to... You're you're looking to have your own business, right? You're right. With with that in mind, tell us a little bit about that path. What are you looking at? What is, and we'll kind of go back and and look at what you know, why the the wanting to be your own boss or how that might play into this, um, how that might affect it because you haven't had that experience yet, right? Sure. So yeah, let me back up. I guess so. Coming out of that. Um, that issue with my son, I was trying to figure out what that path was going to be, right? How was I going to get into a position where I could be my own boss and grow my own wealth? I, I've always been a really hard worker. Um, so that putting in that the, the sweat was never going to be an issue. But what was that path going to be that was getting me to where I wanted to be and, and some doing something that excited me and that I could truly not only grow significant wealth, but grow significant happiness, <laughs> you know, because I think that was the goal. So looking at a bunch of businesses at that time, different franchises and things like that, explored a lot of options, kind of stumbled into bigger pockets podcasts like a lot of people do and, and kind of fell in love with the idea of real estate investing because, hey, I could do this by myself. I can get in and, you know, seen shows on HGTV and whatnot. I could flip houses. I could do this and, and really started deep diving in. But being the the um, constant learner that I am, I probably fell into a space where I over was overanalyzing things for a little while, got a little um, paralysis by analysis, if you will. But anyway, deep dove into a bunch of different aspects of real estate investing. You know, I kind of landed on the the Burr strategy for those familiar with it, where I was planning on finding small duplexes, triplexes, fourplexes, things like that out of state uh, in areas that were a little more affordable than Denver, fixing them up, rehabbing them, renting them out, refinancing, and just keep keep doing that, chugging away. And I started, I got to a point where I was putting offers on places, I had kind of a partner at the time, partner bailed for one reason, and that kind of made me stop and think, okay, well, if I, my goal here is to get out of my job, 
buying rental properties out of state isn't really going to do that quickly enough for me. At least that was my mindset at the time, right or wrong. So that's when I dove into multifamily, some bigger stuff, uh, and got into learning about syndication. So I hired a coach. I started networking, listening to podcasts, reading books, all centered around big multifamily syndications, which if you're not familiar with syndications, it is basically just a group of people getting together and pooling money together to buy bigger assets and running them. A, a One bucket of completely passive investors that are basically just supplying money. And then the group of the active investors or the general partners that are actually running the deal. So I was trying to be one of those general partners and, and, you know, got in, got into a few deals, went well, but that was going to be my path to kind of go my own way, got into it. And, and there was a lot of signs early on. It just wasn't a great fit for me for various reasons, but it went fine. We closed a couple of deals. First two deals, I was a very small, kind of a fly on the wall, if you will. Didn't make a lot of money, but just you learned was, was, it was a good learning experience for sure on what and what not to do, to be honest with you. A lot of it was more of what not to do with one of those properties. Um, and then fast forward to 22, 2022 worked very consistently with the group of partners. Um, we had calls every day. It was intense. Uh, we ended up closing three properties. At one point we had six deals under contract at one time. Market started to shift in the middle of 22 while we had some of these under contract. So we, we cut ties on three of them, ended up closing three of them after a retrade. And I think I needed to do that for me because it was one of those things where I had put a lot of time into being a syndicator and growing, you know, a, a, an investor database and, and a, somewhat of a personal brand. I hadn't grown it big or anything like that, but I wanted to see it through. I didn't want to cut ties before I actually got to sink my teeth into it. So closing those three deals was great, you know, and, and, uh, and they're going well and I, I'm, working on the asset management for those deals every week and they're going fine. But it, it to me, it confirmed that, Hey, you know what? This isn't what I want to do. It, it, I don't like raising capital a lot. And even more importantly, with the syndication route, at least in the deals we have, like they're cash flowing great for our investors, our limited partners, but I'm not making a lot of cash flow up front. So as a syndicator, I was making money on fees and then on the mostly on the back end when we sell. So five years from now, when we sell those properties, it's going to be great. I'll have a nice uh, windfall of cash that I can take and, and do something else with. Uh, but as far as the day-to-day -day income generator, it just wasn't, to me, it just wasn't the, the right path. I think I did things out of order possibly. So uh, transitioning into my now current path, looking at, at buying a small business. So I'm looking at buying a business that's already running, whether it be a franchise or a non-franchise and something I can really grow and run. And, you know, you know, some people will say, oh, you're just buying a job. And, and partially that might be true, uh, you know, I'm, but I'm not just buying a job, I'm buying equity in that job, right? So I'm going to come in and be the owner operator is my plan in some small business, um, probably in the home services industry, and really put my effort into growing it on the day to day. And then I'll be able to see that growth as from equity and, and grow it from a moderate salary into hopefully something big. And then at that point can sell it or keep growing it. 
whatever I want to do. But that's my plan right now. You know, let me ask you, let's go back a little bit to the syndication piece. Sure. Tie this in. So, so the, uh, with the syndication, you had partners in that, right? Yeah. So you essentially weren't working for anybody. You were part of the ownership team, right? You, you were an owner. So, but you had right. partners. How did that feel to you compared to actually a, a real employee who works for somebody else? Now you're, you're a partner. I don't know where you stood under ranking order or anything, but I, you, you're a partner. So you, you get to make decisions with other people almost by committee, right? So, yeah. So how, I think how, partnership is, is great. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think partnership is great. Um, I enjoy having partners as long as there's a mutual respect and trust. I think the situation I got into was a little tough because one of the partners had had a lot of success in other areas of his life, but really had never done a syndication before. But he had other areas, so he very much viewed himself as as the lead dog, and we were all just kind of helping him. Um, which was tough for me because I had already at that time, I had already done a couple of syndications. I mean, I was probably the one with the most experience in that specific world. Now he had a ton of other real estate. He, he owns a property management company. So his experience was super valuable, but I feel like mine was too. And it felt, it almost really felt like a job to be honest with you. And so we're on good terms. Everything's fine. It just, I just determined that that really wasn't a fit for me, but in general, I'm all for partnerships. It just has to be the right one. Yeah. And so now you're looking at with your business, you're, you're, you're not looking at doing this with partners. It's all you, right? I could be open to either way. Uh, I've had conversations with people, maybe more like-minded, maybe I'm more, you know, and part of it might go back to communication. You know, maybe I didn't communicate well enough with my, my previous real estate partners up front and, and where I'm at, what I was looking for. So yeah, sorry to answer your question. It, it could be either way. I, I did actually just put an offer on a business on Friday. And if I were to get that, it, it would be just me as far as ownership. I mean, of course, my wife and is going to be involved in my family to some extent, but yeah, it would just be me most likely. But I have been in talks with some other people about potential partnerships and maybe we can partner up and we can pool our funds and resources together to get a, a bigger company. So Either way. Yeah, I was just curious about the, uh, going back to initially why you want to have your own business. You know, it just ultimately sounds like you don't want to work for anybody, right? But working with other people is okay. Or working alone is okay, right? And you wouldn't be alone per se. You have other people, but you know, you're, you're ultimately report to yourself, right? So- Exactly, exactly. One of those is good. Yeah, and, and you know, I think, Right. So I, it's all on me, right? It's more responsibility on me. It's more risk on me, which I'm completely fine with. But ultimately I get to make the final decisions or in the case of a partnership, yeah, I, I get to um, at least take part in those conversations. And, and so, yeah, so that's what I'm looking for. Okay. And what else are you up to right now, Adam? What else am I up to? Well, we just, like I said yesterday, finished coaching my kids' basketball teams. So I'm sure something else will be coming up next. I know we got flag football coming up and baseball coming up for my other sons. So, I mean, as you can tell, that's, uh, you know, having a five-year-old and an eight-year-old, that's that obviously is a big role in my life is, 
getting them to their events and making sure they're in, in good places to succeed. My wife and I, Katie, who's awesome, her and I are doing 75 hard right now. For those that don't know, it's just kind of like a 75 day mental and fitness challenge. I think we're on day 34 right now. So we're doing that. Yeah. Um, definitely. I don't even know that it was the intent for me to really cut some weight, but I definitely cut some weight, added some muscle. It's just, it's been a very interesting experience. I think the biggest thing for me, honestly, is I haven't, haven't had a beer or, or uh, a glass of whiskey in, in 34 days, you know, not that I was drinking every day or anything, but th- that was definitely a switch uh, in our lifestyle. And it's been great. I feel, I feel awesome. I feel energetic, productive. Um, I also, if you guys didn't, weren't aware, I have a badass podcast with my good friend, Louie. Um, so oh, yeah. those are some things I'm doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard that podcast is amazing. Yeah. Seriously. I heard it's like the greatest new show to come out. <laughs> Tell us, uh, you know, what, what made you want to do this? You know, for one, selfishly, I, I was, I've wanted to start a podcast for years, a lot of which just to meet really interesting people and have cool, fun conversations with interesting people. And I think a podcast is a great way to do that because you're allowing people to come on and, and share their story. And, you know, maybe they even have a product to sell or a coaching thing and, and we give them that platform. But then I just get to learn from them and I get to meet them and and who knows what sprouts from that. Maybe it's a business partnership. Maybe it's just a, a quote or a phrase that sticks with me that helps me level up my life. But um, so there's that piece of it. But I think a whole other piece of it, as we've talked to, as we've kind of honed in on our specific mission in the podcast is really, as I talked about earlier, I mean, I spent a lot of my life lost and not knowing what I wanted to do, knowing that I was kind of on the wrong path, or at least not the best path, if you will. But I wasn't taking action to improve that, partially because I didn't know how to go about doing that. I didn't know, not only did I not know what I wanted to do, but I didn't know how to figure out what I wanted to do. So I think my goal is if I can bring people on that have went through some kind of shift in their life, have overcome hardships, or just generally have just found a way to go from typical average life to something more authentic and great. And, and But really, not only listen to their story, but really try to pull out the how, the why, and provide people with actionable advice on how they can get there. I, it just sounds like fun. You know, I, I love helping other people and, and really it helps cure a pain point for me. Cause really I, uh, when I start thinking about our listener, I'm thinking about myself a few years ago and thinking like, man, what would Adam three, four or five years ago really want to hear or really need to hear? And, and how can we help that person just get to a place that is just more authentic. Yeah, right on. And, and I even think about the few guests we've had already uh, have just provided so many great nuggets uh, already that, you know, I, I leave the day thinking about forever. Uh, I mean, not forever, but, you know, for the rest of that day that I think are, are having great influence already on me. So uh, I, I think our listeners will too. And it's, yeah, it's, this and is that's a thing, you know, we've had some, <laughs> great interview so far and we have a, some awesome ones lined up but 
with what we're trying to pull here, the just the how and why of of getting into just a better version of yourself. And that can be anything, right? It doesn't necessarily have to do with money. It can just be from, oh man, I don't know if I'm a great dad. Uh, yeah, I'm a confident, awesome dad that's setting my kid up for success. Or I'm an awesome husband. Or uh, how to communicate better with your your spouse, your boss, your friends. I mean, almost anybody <laughs> has something to share along that line. So being able to just dig in and, and really pull that out, I think is it's it's really cool for everybody. So I'm really looking forward to this. I'm having a ton of fun. I don't know about you. Oh, I'm, I'm loving this. Yeah. And, and you know, not just that, but these, these are all people, normal people like you and I, right. That aren't, you know, what you see on TV is the great success story or turnaround story or, you know, that everybody's heard of. These are just normal people uh, like you and I, and it, it, I, I find that almost more inspiring because they are normal people who are just really in alignment with themselves and, and living their authentic, you know, lives and, and having a great time in life. And that's inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. This is normal people. All right. So let's, uh, let's just jump into the rapid fire. All right. So what, uh, tell us, give us a hack. So it is going to sound really simple, but for me, it's Google Calendar. I know that sounds easy, but I don't use it just for my meetings and Google Meets and stuff like that. I use it as a way to remind myself what I can't forget. So if I'm like, you know what, if it's the middle of the night and I don't want to text somebody and I'm like, you know what, I really should reach out to so-and-so tomorrow. I haven't talked to them in a while and it could be about business or it could be just to catch up with an old friend. I'll throw something on my calendar like, hey, 9 a.m. tomorrow, text Josh, boom. Okay. And all those types of things. Reminder, I have a weekly reminder, hey, follow up with this person and that person. And I might get to that point and be like, you know what, now's not the right time to do it. And I'll just kick that meeting forward to tomorrow or, or the next day. But I really intentionally use that as a way to kind of, it's almost like my to-do list. So, and it's free and it's easy. I love it works. That. I love that. That's great. Uh, how about a favorite? Favorite, Billy Strings. Uh, there's a bluegrass guitarist named Billy Strings, and he's got a band that's really awesome. And he's younger, and he's he's kind of coming up, but he's starting to blow up now. So if you like bluegrass, you've probably already heard of him. But if not, check it out. If you hate bluegrass, don't bother, because you're going to hate him. Huh. I'm about to go uh, on a uh, trip up to the mountains, and I'm going to put some Billy Strings on and check him there. out. It's great, man. Thanks. So what's something you would tell your 25-year-old self? I would tell my 25 year old self to go for it. Um, you know, I was coincidentally right around 25 when I was at that kind of fork in the road between whether I was going to start a business or buy a business or go to college. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't go to college. What I'm saying is figure out what excites you, especially if you're that young, you're in your mid twenties, maybe you feel like you're older, but you're really young in the big scheme of things. You got time to try stuff and fail if you need to and try again is succeed just go for it bet on yourself don't get blinded why what other about what other people are saying or doing just you know deep down what you want to do i'm not saying jump off the cliff go ahead and take some time come up with a game plan like go bet on yourself do the thing you want to do i love that you know, while we're on that note, uh, Adam, you and I do a lot of accountability together, and you have a theme for the year. 
that touches on that. I, can you share that with our listeners? Yeah, it's it's be a lion, um, and I, I think I, I threw a be a lion, like a rock. not so nice a not so nice word in there. That yeah, but it's 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 basically be a lion, it, and that's it, it, it's kind of twofold in a way. It's like it, it started. <laughs> I was reading a quote, you know, the quote. What's the quote? Um, a lion does not lose sleep over the opinions of sheep, right? And and I love that quote, especially I'm in kind of that phase in my life that's kind of a transition and you got a lot of people like oh you're gonna leave your engineering career you make pretty good money you make six figures why not just do that and and no like i'm a lion i know what i want to do i'm not going to listen to all these other people that are stuck in their jobs and again not that there's anything wrong with that but there are a lot of people out there that are sticking to their jobs because it feels safe to them and they're scared to make the leap and I'm not that person. And I want to make sure I am not that person. So I'm not going to listen to the sheep. I'm going to jump in, you know, and then going back, a lion is also what you think about it, right? A lion's fierce, a lion's relentless, a lion's energetic. And so, yeah, that's my theme for the year. Just be that lion. Nice. Which goes along with the advice for your 25 year old self. Just go for it, really. Right. Yeah. There you go. For those listeners out there who are wondering what the not so nice, not so nice words, it's effing. He's the effing word. Be an yeah, effing. Wow. Be a fucking lion. That's that's yeah. on my one sheet, which is kind of a our platform we use with each other for accountability through a mastermind group that we're both a part of. So that's yeah. it, man. So Adam, what is it that you think keeps people from being happy? You know, again, this is probably going to be redundant to what we've already talked about a little bit, but it's it's to me the main thing is people get wrapped up too much in what other people think and what other people say and what other people tell them they should do. Um, I think the true path to happiness is in just being the most authentic version of yourself. And, and don't get me wrong, that might very well be being an engineer, being anything you want to be, having a job, that's fine. And, and just focusing on being a great dad or a great husband. But you just need to find out what's right for you, not what your parents say, not what your friends say or do. Don't worry about comparing yourself to siblings, you know, and along those lines, I think people get wrapped up in, in the whole comparison thing where it's like, well, this so-and-so is doing this and this so-and-so is doing this. And God, it's, that seems insurmountable. And because in that very moment, they can't fathom getting to a point where they're at this this person that they idolize is at that they they don't do anything and really I, I just would you know challenge everyone to don't focus on comparing yourself to other people especially if you're comparing your second inning to their eighth inning right compare yourself to where you were last year and if, if you're really focused on growing and learning and just being a better more authentic version of yourself whatever that means to you like just just do it and just keep getting better and better and it's you're going to be amazed how far you come in a year let alone 3 years let alone 5 years good stuff so adam if uh people want to know more about you uh how where how can they reach out to you sure um we will put our social media links in the show notes you can hit me up on facebook or instagram you could also email me at Adam at wayfinderequity.com. That was my real estate syndication 
business, go ahead and email me there. Reach out anytime. I would love to chat. Great. Thanks, Adam. Well, I, I hope our listeners have enjoyed uh, learning more about you. Uh, you're an amazing person. You're a man of extreme action. And I'm really, really honored and privileged to be your co-host on this show and uh, your friend and your partner. And I'm really looking forward to seeing where this goes. So thanks for uh, for being here today. Yeah, man. And same to you. It's an honor to be your partner. And, and I, I can't wait. This is a lot of fun. So let's, let's, let's keep doing this damn thing. We hope you've enjoyed the Wayfinder Show. If you got value from this episode, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will allow us to help more people find their way to live more authentic and exciting lives. We'll catch you on the next episode.